who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. results and controversies from the tennis world today is friday march 5th apologies for the delay in the release of today's episode i was on the broadcast for the illinois men's tennis match as they knocked off the university of iowa 7-0 at home unfortunately because of the commute to and from champagne wasn't able to record this podcast until later in the night shout out to super producer daniel westoff for still getting this out to all of you also wasn't able to watch as much of the men's action as I would have liked. Now, fortunately, most of the women's action, if not all of it, was over before that 5 p.m. match to central time between Iowa and Illinois began. So I was able to watch the action in Doha and Lyon unfold. I also had the chance to speak with Petra Kvitova and Clara Tossin, two of the winners from our matches today. So on this mini break, just going to talk about the two WTA events. Again, I don't feel prepared. I don't want to be, you know, do a disservice, be intellectually dishonest to any of you listeners. We will catch up on all of the ATP action on tomorrow's podcast. That's going to be the way we make up for this is by covering the ATP events extensively and then covering tomorrow's Doha Championship and Lyon semifinals with some weekend mini break podcast, but just wanted to let you know again what you're going to hear on today's show. It's going to be a shorter show. You're going to hear me breaking down the matches uh, in Doha and Lyon. You're also going to hear from Clara Tossin and Petra Kvitova. Of course, the reason we are able to do this day in, day out here on the mini break podcast because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75, and best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15 to let them know we sent you there. Again, we are so grateful for their continued support. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. With that in mind, let's get into Friday's WTA matches, and let's start with the semifinal match we saw in Doha. Only one, unfortunately, and it's not a surprise to anyone who's followed this event 
event closely. Victoria Azarenka was fortunate to escape her match yesterday against Alina Svitolina, that she won that match despite clearly physically ailing from start to finish is a testament to her uh, willpower, is a testament to the way she competes and her resilience as an athlete. But you know, not a shock to learn uh, when she announced today that she was pulling out from her semifinal match against Garbine Muguruza. Just clearly her back physically, she wasn't where she wanted nor needed to be to compete uh, here today. So Garbine Muguruza advancing to the final with a withdrawal. And again, I, I've raved about Muguruza all week long. It's not a shock to see her in the final this week. Certainly we would have loved to see a fully healthy Muguruza take on a fully healthy Azarenka. But unfortunately, these are the sort of knacks and bruises that can come uh, throughout when you're competing this early in the tennis season. And so unfortunately, we're not going to get to see Victoria Azarenka. We will get to see more Garbine Muguruza. And she's going to have the sixth matchup of her career tomorrow against Petra Kvitova as Kvitova advanced in straight sets today over Jessica Pegula, 6-4, uh, four, 6-4 four now. The conditions today in Doha were miserable. Swirling winds coming across the court from start to finish in this match. It made for broken tennis. I mentioned that 6-4, 6-4 scoreline. There were 20 total games in this match. There were 10 breaks of serve. Kvitova made 77.4% of her first serves. Pegula made 71% of her first serves. The reason that number so high? Both of them gave up on the placement, on the power. Not completely, but they were just focused on making that first serve, starting the point at something close to neutral now for Kvitova. She was 30 of 53 on service points in this match, a little under 60% for Pegula. She was 32 of 69 in this match. She was under 50% in terms of service points won in this match. And again, 10 total breaks of serve overall. Whoever could play strike first tennis, whoever got the first ball cleanly and aggressively, particularly on the right side of the screen in terms of your broadcast, because that wind was going from left to right across the broadcast screen, uh, whoever got that first ball into that corner of the court... Ultimately, the majority of the time won the point, and Petra Kvitova's got the sort of power that can occasionally transcend the wind, right? She can hit through any sort of conditions. Even she could not hit through the conditions today. That's how brutal and swirling the winds were, and ultimately, uh, she had just enough power, just enough placement, just enough gumption to go for that big shot against the wind or down the line, and just, uh, you know, she dealt with the conditions slightly better than Jessica Pegula, and again, it was a 6-4, 6-4 match. There were 12 total points, 67 to 55, separating the two of them in terms of the margin. It's tough to have any significant tennis takeaways, given Again, how broken the tennis was due to these swirling winds and the conditions. And I actually had the chance to ask Kvitova about the conditions, ask how they factored into her game plan today, and then ultimately how she's feeling about Muguruza. Let's hear those answers now. Thank you, Alex, and congratulations on the victory, Petra. Um, not to harp on this wind again, but in terms of the conditions today, what are the things you focus on from a tactics perspective so that you can play your best tennis regardless of what the conditions were today on court? Well, I mean, um, yeah, I think uh, we can't play the best tennis if the conditions like are today. Uh, of course, that some players will deal better with it than the other ones. It depends probably on the game as well and how they are serving and so. 
So I would say that, you know, probably more consistent player will like or will will deal it a little bit better, I think. But it's a lot of adjustments. It's like, yeah, once I just didn't see the ball and it was under the racket and I even I didn't even touch it. So I was like, uh oh, that's embarrassing. But <laughs> but it's how it is. I mean, sometimes I, I can't do anything and um, just waiting and just putting to the middle probably sometimes is the best and just, you know, try whatever you can. And when you have a ball, just go for it. But it's nothing really easy to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And for you all week long, and I asked you this after one of your earlier matches, but you've done such a good job with your first serve and just you know using that first serve to set up the rest of the point. How important will that serve be tomorrow uh, in the final? And uh, what are some of the things you think about you'll have to do to pull off the win? Yeah, the serve will be really key for tomorrow for sure. I know Garbin is uh, serving very well, even in the wind, so it doesn't matter the conditions will be. Um, she likes to play here as well. That's what she showed already this week. Um, so it will be, yeah, I think it will be a little bit about the serve and return for sure, about the first points, who going to attack it first, uh, because she likes to play aggressively as well as me. So that's how everything will be. And I'm really looking forward. I didn't play her for three week, three years, so... Yeah, it would be great. So again, Petra Kvitova, 6-4, 6-4 victory over Jessica Pagula. Have to give a shout-out to Pagula, who continues to play some outstanding tennis here of late. And with her result here, semifinal at Doha, her highest career-level semifinal. She now, uh, you look in the live rankings, is inside the top 40 for the first time in her career. She's sitting at number 36 in the live rankings. That still feels a shade low, given how good she's been of late. You look for Pagula overall now uh, in terms of her last 52 weeks. She's 20-8 and eight in those last 52. The Doha semifinal, the Australian Open quarterfinal, Cincinnati quarterfinal as well. She's playing the best tennis of her career right now, and considering she's 26 years old, just turned 27, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So credit to Pagula for a fantastic week. Credit to Kvitova, who's 13-5 and five in her last 52, but I mentioned this yesterday. She's now 26-6 and six in her last seven events. The only thing missing from her resume of late is another title, and she's going to have the chance to win that title tomorrow as she takes on Garbin Muguruza, and these really are two of the 10 best players in women's tennis of late. I've talked about how good Muguruza has been over her last 52 weeks. She's 19-6 and six overall, but you look in 2020, she was 23-7. and seven. This year, she's 12-3, and three, so 35-10 and 10 since the start of the 2020 season. Uh, she's been spectacular, and she may be 1-4 in, in her career against Petra Kvitova, but uh, four of the five matches, uh, excuse me, three of the four matches, Matches, uh, three of the five matches, final answer, have gone three sets. They've actually played in a Doha final before. On that occasion, Petra Kvitova, 3-6-6-3-6-4 victor back in the 2018 Doha final. But look, if the conditions are possible for it, and I apologize for the dramatic pause there, if the conditions make it possible for both of these players to play their best tennis, I'm leaning Muguruza. With her length, her ability to absorb the first shot power and the way she's been moving of Kvitova and then her ability to move Kvitova out of the center of the court and make her uncomfortable, not allow her to set in her strike zone. Look, Kvitova's played some outstanding tennis, and I mentioned this all week long. She is in the group of players who, when they play their best, she can just hit opponents off the court. But this is how much I've—this is how— 
fondly I feel of Garbine Muguruza game of late is that I think it doesn't matter what her opponent's doing unless it's Naomi Osaka right now I'm going to pick Garbine Muguruza to win the match I just think again she can do so many different things on the court and her length allows you to absorb that big first punch that Kavito is going to want to throw at her. Give me Muguruza with that extra day rest as well, helping her out from here today. As again, she advanced with the withdrawal from over Azarenka. Uh, I, but again, I, I'm hoping for three sets, and I really do expect it to be a fantastic final. That's your action in Doha in terms of the action in Lyon. Should be a really fun semifinal Saturday as you look at the matches we have set. Clara Tawson, the talented young Dane who now 37-8 in her last 52 weeks. She advances to her first WTA level semifinal and extends her winning streak now to 10 matches as she knocks off Camilla Georgie 6-3-6-1. You look for Tawson today, the things she did well. I mean, she she won 22 of 27 on her first serve points and 30 of 41 overall on serve. She made 66% of her first serve, six aces against one double fault versus Georgie, who had no aces but eight double faults, only made 51% of her first serves. Tossin, whenever she got a look at a Georgie second serve, played first strike tennis, Georgie 7 of 27 on second serve points. And look, Clara Tossin's a fantastic shot maker. If you leave the ball in the center of the court, you're in trouble if you're her opponent because she's going to go after that next ball. And I had the opportunity to actually ask her because I talk about that 10-match winning streak. She won a 25K last week on carpet. And if you listen to our Cracked Interviews uh, podcast, you heard me ask her that earlier in the week. But I asked her how the level there compares to the level here and how her game translates, what she's feeling with her results, what she do, does anything to celebrate uh, this sort of milestone in her career, what, you know, what she's doing to get away from the tennis if she wants to get away from the tennis tennis when she's done with your matches. I think you're all going to enjoy her answers. So with that in mind, Westoff, roll the toss and answers, please. Congratulations on the victory again today, Clara. I'm curious for you, I believe this is now your fifth semifinal, maybe even more at any level you've made in the past year. And just, you know, the difference with this one being at your first WTA level semifinal, do you feel physically perhaps more worn down than you did two weeks ago when you made the run to the final on the, or the championship, I should say, on the carpet? How does your recovery this week compare to perhaps some of your recoveries at lower level events? Um, actually, in uh, Germany, where I won the tournament, I played a couple of three sets. <laughs> so that was, um, I actually played longer matches there. <laughs> so these matches have been, I don't want to say short, but they have been because I played really good tennis. And of course, on the higher level, we play more short points. Everybody's trying to make the winner uh, get to the net, whatever. So yeah, this week has been... I feel fine. I feel recovered. And I feel good on court. So it's not been a problem yet. Mm-hmm. No, that's excellent to hear. And for you, you talk about uh, the difference in game styles between the levels of play. Do you feel your game style is maybe best suited for the highest levels of the WTA, given you are someone who likes to be decisive early in points and go for your shots? Yeah, definitely. I think my game is uh, more... I don't want to say on the top, but I'm trying to get there with the game I have. And on the ITF level, a lot of the players are really good counter punchers who really 
get me to play a lot of uh, shots and everything. So I think here people are going for their shots. Every all almost all the players are playing like I am playing and like how I'm trying to play. So it's definitely different um, when you get some mistakes because people are trying to hit that winner. Um, but I think it's more fun playing, you know, these kind of tournaments where people actually are going for their shots and the ball is really fast and we play fast points. And even though today we had a couple of long points, I, I thought it was fun playing the long points. <laughs> And if I may sneak in one more, I apologize to everyone else. But uh, given this is your first semifinal at the WTA level, that's obviously a cause for celebration. I'm curious if you're someone who does celebrate, you know, these matches, these small victories off the quarter. You know, are you someone who likes to, when you're not playing the tennis, just escape from it all and try not to think about tennis at all? What are you doing when you're not playing these matches this week? Um, the other day I watched my full match a couple of hours after I played it so um, no I, I don't really do anything before the tournament is over and if I do something it's just have an ice cream or something like that it's not something big uh, I try to just yeah stay as calm as I can and yeah I mean, even though it's my first WTA semifinals, I I don't take it any different than if it was an ITF at 25K. It's, uh, I celebrate when the tournament is over, even if I lose or win, it's like this. And yeah, I just don't try to make too much of it. Mm-hmm. Well, ice cream sounds delightful. So congratulations. You've earned one today for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I have to say, it's very early in her career. Clara Tawson is going to be a fantastic interview uh, for the duration of it. She is clearly super invested, super enthusiastic about the sport of tennis, about pursuing her career. And you could just tell it was palpable in the press conference. She was phenomenal. And I'm wishing her luck, obviously, throughout not just tomorrow, but the rest of the season, the rest of her young career. And it's going to be a fun one for her tomorrow. She's going to take on Paula Bedosa-Jaber, who knocked off Kiki Mladenovic. 7-5, 6-7, 6-2. 7-5-6-7-6-2. Now Mladenovic had set points up 5-4, I believe 40-15 in both sets 1 and 2. Was up 2-love in the third set, but ultimately just wasn't quite good enough on serve today. 12 double faults, was 14-48 of 48 on second serve points, only made 53%. Of her first serves now, you know, Bedosa Jaber was 15 of 48, so only one point better on second serve points, but, you know, made more first serves, was at 59% to the 53% of Mladenovic and won 72% of her first serve points, was able to play plus one tennis and be the aggressor, keep Mladenovic on her back foot more frequently than the alternative. Now, again, 
Mladenovic had set points in sets one and two. She could have won this match in straights, but ifs and buts only count with cuts and coconuts, right? Or whatever the expression is. And nevertheless, uh, Bedosa Joubert, she's quick. She can do it. She absorbs your pace. She's getting better at playing plus one tennis and being the aggressor. Uh, and she continues to work on her serve as well. And so this is a great result for her into the semifinals. And you look for Bedosa Joubert. She has quietly now moved up to number 70 in the live rankings. That's three off the career high of number tw- uh, 67 for the only 23-year-old Bedosa Joubert. Again, so many young captivating talents right now in the women's game. Another captivating young talent, Fiona Farrow, knocks off another captivating young talent, former world junior number one in Clara Burel. Farrow uh, in an all-French battle, three-set victory for her. She takes it 2-6-6-1-6-3. And, excuse me, she just made this match physical. Uh, she extended Burel to the outer thirds, corner after corner after corner, and when Burel would get stretched, she'd throw up this high, super elevated, dead topspin shot that Farrell would let bounce and, you know, would keep Burel guessing until the last moment, and then she would put the ball away because she's got that sort of approach shot power in. I think her athleticism, her shot-making ability, her ability to extend points, uh, became more and more impressive as this match went on now. Credit to Burel, she was 70 of 58 on her first serves, made 82% of them, but won only 36 of her 70 first serve points and was 4 of 15 on second serve points, so 41 of 85 overall on serve. And that serve does sit up, and Farrow did an excellent job of attacking it throughout the match and you know protecting her own serve as well and making a higher percentage of first serves and really striking in on that first ball, getting Burel stretched so that Burrell wouldn't have time to sit in the center of the court because when she does, you can very clearly understand why she's a former world junior number one. But again, this was a mature victory for Fiona Farrow, the sort of victory you need as you continue in ascension towards the top 30 as she is. And, you know, she knocks off her fellow French woman here uh, to advance to another semifinal. She's going to take on Gullabik tomorrow as Gullabik knocked off Hreeth Minin 6-3-7-6. So again, should be a fun day of women's action. We've also got the Rotterdam semifinals as well as Buenos Aires. To be honest, I haven't even looked at those results yet. I'm saving them fresh for myself on Saturday. But didn't want to leave you all high and dry without a mini break today. And again, we hope you enjoyed hearing from Petra Kvitova and Clara Tossin following their victories on Friday. Again, we will be back tomorrow to talk more about the men's side of the equation, talk about our semifinals, the final in Doha, what we see unfold. As always, if you have missed any of the action, be sure to go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff for the of any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. With that in mind, for Super Producers Westoff and Fligner, our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.